0: are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show today is the eighth the eighth we're over the first week of the first year of January 2020, it's a Wednesday, we're rolling, just last Wednesday we were celebrating the new year, and the Wednesday before that it was Christmas, and it felt like it just took forever to get here in a really weird way, but it's cold outside, it feels like winter, I love that, we wake up in the low 50s, high 40s, which is huge, that's like the coldest this area will get as far as it's been so far. You never know with all the changes in our world. But so far, that's what we get. So we get to wear layers, and I kind of play it up because I don't have any other opportunity to do so. So today's show, how to accept love and share all of ourselves in relationships. And a lot of people would tell me, oh, I already am. And then, as we talk, oh yeah, but I don't tell him that. Oh yeah, well we don't do that together. Well, the only things we do together are this, is you know, and I, I'm listening. Never thought anything weird of it. Probably was it myself. And yet, Christ chimes in, and the things that Christ says just open up my mind. So effortlessly, to these feelings like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about it that way. It never even occurred to me, just like it started in the beginning about self-love. I'm like, what do you mean self-love? Of course I love myself. But I didn't realize what I didn't realize. That's why I, I say forever, we don't know what we don't know. And I used to say it even prior to Christ, because at work they were going to make a sign that says, we don't know what we don't know, because we used to interview people. And when we'd interview people, depending on how the person looked, the interviewer really believed that's how the whole thing was going to go. They looked great. We thought they were great candidates. And if they were a mess, we thought, oh, my God, here we go. But that's when we learned about geeks. Computer geeks don't dress up really great, but they're smarter than a whip. And so we had these two sayings like, wow, how hard it is to find normal because you know we have to assess people to send them out and my job was to go out to the companies and find the jobs that we were my company was going to send them to. And so when I'd come back and they'd start telling me stories or, We would have someone come in, and they look normal, and then they go out on the job Monday morning, and they have piercings and purple hair. That's usually not a problem. But at that time, having that person as a front desk person in a bank or a hospital was off-putting. It wasn't that it was bad. It was just new, almost too new for that time period. So we would always say, oh, my God, we just don't know what we don't know. And seeing is not believing. But doing is. Doing is believing. So going back to the whole relationship part of this, I found that for some reason, kind of feels like a little weird protection of when we are in a relationship, we have these little hiding places of things that we keep that are ours, just in case anything ever happens, that's still consistent. We're scared to accept love because we haven't been taught how to accept love. But what is it that we're hiding? And how can we bring our full self and see what happens to that in a relationship? How does it make them better or stronger or more giving? How does it do that? Us not being taught how to accept love made us overlook Exactly what we keep looking for. It's like we're walking past the sign all day long, and we never turned our heads and saw the sign. And there's many reasons why we are uncomfortable accepting love. More reasons than we have to accept it. Because we're afraid that it may hurt us if we accept someone else's love. Even in a relationship. You may have trouble loving yourself so you see yourself as unworthy of another person's love even though you're there. Even though you may say, we've been dating for five years. We've been married for ten years. No matter your reason for being afraid to accept love, there are things we can do to help open ourselves up to the possibilities. Because those possibilities can be real life one of the most common number one things and you know putting self in front of words like care love compassion rejuvenation self 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 there's a reason why Christ kept using self because it all goes back to you how you accept because compassion is the number one, number one gateway to any of us having a relationship that will feel fulfilling and not feel like we ever want to leave it because we are able to be Who we are. There are three parts to that self compassion thing that Christ keeps talking about. One is kindness to yourself, one is realizing you're part of the people pool, you are not exempt. exempt. Being taught that being accepting and understanding towards ourselves was selfish and narcissistic has put a huge wedge between us and ourselves. And we found if we even started to feel good about ourselves, we like, oh no, I can't say that. Oh no, I can't do that. I shouldn't even be thinking that. How could I think that I'm good at something? Yet if a friend came to us and a friend said to us or a partner said to us, I made a mistake and you tell them, well, that wasn't really a big mistake. You can fix that. You should feel better about yourself. The reason we say that is because we can fix it and we should feel better about ourselves. When we were younger and we'd make a mistake, what would happen? We'd be told in so many words, it didn't depend on the words because all we would remember is the feeling, that we were put down in some way or felt horrible about the mistake to the point that we wanted to hide our mistakes. So just say, hey, you know what? This is how I learned this. Wow, it took that to teach me this. Because when we're going to be in a relationship as we get older, and we are now in relationships, even if the relationships are with our parents, are with our siblings, are with our coworkers, because a a relationship is a relationship. There is a relay between you and another person, even though I am focusing entirely on relationships right now, like romantic and partnerships, the people we live with that we choose, that we have to learn. They don't come with a packet of how-to. So the first thing Christ said this morning about it and I had to write this down and I was hoping to finish it before the show started was that we discount what is working and we focus on what is not working and at first I'm like how could they do that they have to have enough fuel to continue their day to day Does it mean we're running on like negative fuel? And then I thought about it and I thought about all the different kinds of people that I have met. There's some that may read something I wrote or Christ wrote. And they may be like, Yeah, I get that. Oh my God, will that make a huge difference in my thinking? What a what a load of pressure just got taken off of me. Thank you. And every time someone says thank you, I go, thank you to Christ. Because had he not told me that, I would not have seen it that way. I would not have shared it that way. And you would not have gotten it. I'm always very conscious of that. Because I am grateful. I'm grateful that we even know what we know. Jesus. geez. If we were to go back in the fork in the road, all of us, prior to these conversations, who we were prior to knowing this stuff, what would we have not tried? What would we have not overcome? But after reading, we discount what is working and focus on what is not working. I started thinking about the nitpickers, you know, the the story about the the gentleman in the book where there was never an answer he didn't want an answer he just wanted to keep picking on anything you said to the point where i was like god what is up with that that is just just exhausting i couldn't wait till he left It was the first time I would met this man. He was a friend of my husband's, and he comes over, and he was going to leave this bad state of California and move to Florida, another hot state, because he didn't know what was there yet, so it was better. Everything was better than what's here or what someone offered. Instead of being grateful, he was antagonistic over and over and over again. To the point where by the end of lunch, I was over it. I just couldn't live with that much mental hearsay. The hearsay that I'm saying to myself about how there's something wrong with everything. Because you can pick out something wrong with everything. Hence the part in the book about the gentleman caller. I never will forget that day. That was like the longest lunch. I prepared it. I got ready for him. I did what I always do. None of that wears me out. Cleaning up, none of that wears me out. I love that stuff. But sitting there, listening to one complaint after another just made me want to poke my own eyes out. (laughs) Kidding. But it's just I couldn't take it. Because I can sit there, but you start picking that up. That's why, you know, over time I thought, well, how much time am I going to put on things that aren't working? They obviously haven't gotten the memo that in our lifetimes we can also choose what we focus on. And it says a lot about us when we only focus on what's not working. And relationships that do that are going to disagree day in and day out. And they may run on that. That may be the, the whole nuts and bolts of their relationship is that they share that. If they share it and they have that in common, then that, without it, they may not even know how to have a relationship. But for the most part, the larger part, we discount what is working. Oh well that's okay. This is what I need to focus on because we're taught to be problem solvers. But imagine a couple having conversation of what they are proud of in the relationship the third person of their relationship. I am proud of us for being able to talk about the things that we talk about. They're not easy things. But I'm really proud of us that we're actually able to have the conversations That we instill in us why we trust each other. Because we go to each other instead of others to fix or pay attention to issues that come up in our lives. Not issues that define us and we carry it for the duration of our lifetime. But understanding that issues are separate from the relationship. So when we say things like, I'm proud of us, just that sentence alone is a positive that is connected to the relationship. For being able to talk about these things, and it's something to say at the end of hard conversations, because it is not easy to have those hard conversations. So, if you can have them, that's saying that you're not scared of the outcome. You're more scared of not sharing it because it's going to get in the way if you don't. Energy will always precede words. And that energy that we don't speak, we still exchange because our actions will exchange that energy, whether we want it to or not, whether the other person can put words on it or not. They will say, are you okay? And you'll be like, yeah, I'm great. And they'll be like, are you sure? And they're like, well, wait, why are you asking me? And we may not even be aware that we're not sharing. And it doesn't mean we have to go through every painstaking thought that we have But there's certain things that we can just say, well, this is like one of the feelings I've had today that's kind of sticking around. Would you mind if I talk it through? You don't even need to answer me. I just need to talk it through because it feels like it's kind of a negative thought, and I want to help move it along. So all the other persons, now they know. I don't have to fix everything. She just needs to talk this through. I'm willing to listen. Because listening helps us hear ourselves, doesn't it? And if a couple can figure that out and not feel like they have to have judgment on you, you're able to say what you want, even if it is negative. even if it is negative. Just say, I don't know why I keep thinking this. I don't know if my ego is trying to get in. I don't know if maybe I really feel that way. Maybe I just don't like what's happening. But I needed to talk it out so I can hear myself. It takes a lot of trust to do that. Even if it's something like, hey, I feel like, we're not as close this past week. Is is there something? Am I doing anything to bring that about is all I wanted to say out loud. You can talk about it now. You can talk about it later. I just wanted to put it out there because I can feel it. And the other person may have been experiencing a problem. I, I had a couple who, one of them, started not feeling well, like something was wrong. They knew something was wrong with their body. And they were really scared to admit it to themselves because if they admit it to themselves, they have to go to a doctor. And if they go to a doctor, they may find out that something is wrong. And a lot of times people associate going to a doctor with coming back sick. I know that sounds funny, but you go and you don't know what you have and you come back and now you're labeled, right? Right. And people try to avoid that, just like we do anything that feels scary. But he he didn't know how to formulate those words to tell his partner, because he knew, even though he didn't have a name for it, his body wasn't working the way it used to. He knew for a while started to feel like things were a little off. Now it was starting to affect other things, and he knew he had to say it out loud. But once he did, now there were two heads thinking about it, four ears listening to the feedback, two people researching online, going to different doctors. He did end up having an issue. It wasn't cancer, but it was definitely a life-altering issue. And once they both found out, they, they worked as a team to help him find joy in each and every day while preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. Looking at what was working, instead of putting focus on what was not working, helped them cope with the changes that they, until this day, are still going through. But it did create new normals in their lives, but it didn't take away. because they were able to talk about those things. Number two thing Christ said was facing our challenges as a team. If this were myself that this was happening to, I know that you would be there for me. And I am going to be here for you. Just saying that out loud comforts the relationship. Knowing that we will not be abandoned, knowing that we don't have to be perfect, knowing that if our own personal circumstances change, we will stand by each other. Because the commitment that we have to ourselves, extends itself to others. The third thing that Christ said was feeling like we, imperative word, we, in capital letters, have a plan. Let's do this until we find out otherwise. Let's keep learning. Let's keep growing. Let's keep finding out. Because when we feel like we have a plan, The fact that we have a plan to have a plan works. It works. I want to go back to school. I want to try a new job. I think we should move. You both make those decisions. You both talk about the pros and cons. And then you create a plan. These kinds of things that come up between us and a partner, they don't make us so much better than we were. We were already there. There was enough pleasure to keep us there. But what it does is it brings out the stuff in you that you just thought, well, I'm going to fight this, whether he fights it or not. Or she fights it or not. I'm going to do this, whether he cares or not. When we talk like that, it doesn't matter who the other person is. Those are your statements. Those are who you are. And when you talk like that, imagine the other person hearing that. Now they are thinking, I got to fight for myself. Oh, my God. The person that I'm with doesn't care if what she does hurts me or makes me just feel like I'm not part of it. All I want to do is feel like part of it. Why do I have to be fought for the other person to do what they want? We're not kids at home with our parents anymore trying to get our freedom. We have our freedom, but we didn't switch gears. So that's this fourth thing, was being able to be yourself with another person who can be themselves. There's a lot of freedom in that. But how do you do that? You're in a relationship, and you encourage the other person to be themselves. Well, how do you feel about that? I really take into consideration what you're thinking because I want this to affect us both in the best way that we know how. Imagine someone saying that to you, how important you feel your opinion is. And keeping it under the umbrella of I am proud of us and focusing on what is working is when positive can be yet positive. And all this is in origins of truth. And when we pull out what Christ has written, it starts to give life to those beautiful words. And I'm back again reading the book just yet one more time. I I read it like four and a half or five, close to five times. And then I, I just stopped because I started writing again and I started doing a lot of work and trying to prepare the classes and all of that. And now as I'm watching how the world is unfolding, I'm like, we said that. Oh, my God, Christ. What the heck? And it wasn't predictions at all. It was that the truth is the truth is the truth, and we were already exhibiting characteristics that were going to take us to a place where we were listening to things that just didn't make sense. Yesterday, during yesterday's show, I wrote, let me see if I can find it, but I wrote, if you're in politics today, this is why. The political relationships don't work well, is that people are called assets. They are an asset. We're not even a soul that we have people question whether or not and we're no longer people which no one can question. we got to be something but now we're going to be called assets. We lost assets. And may they- Made-up stories are called their, their narratives. So assets replace people and narratives replace whether or not a story is true. It's just their point of view, but they call it a narrative. Because we had to separate ourselves from a human being to be able to do and say the things that we are saying. So, the closer we get to acknowledging that we are human beings helps us focus on what is working and not what is not working. I have like 10 seconds left, you guys. Have a great Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Bye bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil dot com